On this week's episode, Vince McMahon steps down as CEO of WWE. Matt Riddle, did he walk away with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship? Jeff Hardy officially suspended from AEW. And we have brand new AEW Tag Team Champions. All coming up here on the Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast. I have my co-host, William Hoppy, and I'm your other co-host, John Hoppy. How's things going today, Will? Still trying to catch up on sleep, so... Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to be very energetic, I see. Super. (laughs) Also want to give a shout-out as we're recording today, Sunday. This is also Father's Day. Want to wish all the dads out there who are being really great role models for their children. Happy Father's Day. And to you mothers having to pull the double duty, being on your own, we also want to wish you a great day as well. So, without further ado, I figured we're going to try to change things up starting this week. I know I mentioned last week we were going to try to do it in a couple weeks, but I figured, what the hell, it's my podcast. I'm going to do what the hell I want, so... You up for the challenge, Will? Let's do it. All right. Well, let's start off with Monday Night Raw results. We have uh, Jimmy Uso defeating Montez Ford. The 24-7 championship was pretty much a no contest between Becky Lynch and Dana Brooke. Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan defeat the team of Nikki Ash and Dewdrop for what was a... Qualifier for the Women's Money in the Bank match. We had Ezekiel defeat Kevin Owens by a countout. MVP defeats Cedric Alexander in no time. Seth Rollins gets the win over AJ Styles in what was another Money in the ah, Money in the Bank ladder qualifying match. Riddle gets a victory, which was. Kind of a bummer to see this happen to Tommaso Ciampa. Chad Gable gets a pinfall on Mustafa Ali. Veer Mahan gets a tap-out victory on Rey Mysterio. And pretty much just a pose-off between Bobby Lashley and Theory. Yeah. We really ended the night with that. Yeah. Uh, the, these little segments that they do every now and then, I kind of <sighs> I feel that they're garbage. I, well, I, the one thing I'm just seeing common with Raw every week is they ended on a something that's not a wrestling match. Yeah. Why? It doesn't make sense. Ugh. And I mean, honestly, something as ridiculous as putting those two physiques up against each other. There really wasn't a contest there. Well, no, I, I mean, it was pretty obvious Bobby Lashley being the veteran and, you know former active duty guy he's gonna obviously look much more in shape compared to theory theory's only a young buck i think he's only what 25 26 something like that i thought he was 24 and he might be 24 i could be wrong am i mad if that is the case 
But anyways, I'm just going to do my quick breakdown, Ms. TV segment. Nothing really to it other than, you know, Ms. getting his shots in over money in the bank. And pretty much, I don't think it would have made sense to kind of rub it in Heyman's face saying, hey, you know, the odds are in the person's favor to go cash it in on Roman. Any thoughts to that one? Not really, considering the way that the championships are going. I mean, it really, I'm not going to have much of an opinion until we actually see the money in the bank victory. Yeah, and that's very true. Um, Jimmy Uso defeating Montez Ford. Yeah. Not a bad match. It was a good match. It it did what they typically do. They are always on point. Right, Um, but... Kind of feel like it was in a way stopping the street profits momentum, having Jimmy get the victory. Yes, I I would think if you're trying to build the street profits to take on the Usos at Money in the Bank, wouldn't you want the wouldn't you want the street profits to be the ones gaining momentum and showing why they deserve that shot at the tag team championships? Dave, that's the people they're going to go up against. Absolutely. Yeah. But, no, it was a good match. No, it was. It was. Nothing taken away against the two competitors. We had a segment with Seth Rollins being interviewed backstage and pretty much just dismissing Cody, calling him a virus and all that horse crap. And then we uh, see Seth Rollins focus on his opponent for later in the night which would be AJ Styles and AJ wasn't having it. No, he said he basically laid in his shot to Seth and said that's for Cody. But then we also find out during that segment it was for a money in the bank qualifier, so and then we move on to the no contest match. <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Dana Brooke, nothing really there. Becky pretty much attacked Dana and let Dana know that she could keep that title to herself. She's not really in it for that. She wants to be right back at the Raw Women's Championship. And yeah, I think this was more focused on Asuka and Becky. It was. It was for sure. And who knows, we'll probably be seeing those two in the latter match as well. I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. Then going on to the tag team match for the qualifier for the women's money in the bank alexa bliss Liv morgan defeating dewdrop and nikki almost superhero nikki ash um great match i think it was pretty predictable the one thing i do kind of find weird is the team of Liv morgan and alexa bliss because yeah you know like when alexa moved up to the main roster and then i saw started noticing Liv in nxt i almost thought are they just trying to do another Alexa Bliss? Yeah, the, yeah, pretty much. It, it was it was a backup Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it, that's not really fair to Liv. No, I, I mean Liv has definitely made her own persona, and fans are over with her now. Yeah, I yeah. just it, this was a great match, and I really really liked seeing new content come out of Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it, I mean this is. Something unique and something that definitely was not expected whatsoever. No. I'm liking it. I'm digging it. I hope they 
managed to keep finding ways to keep Alexa Bliss on the TV and in the fans' eyes. Yes, hopefully, hopefully she can keep from any further injuries. We'll see. Yeah, Ezekiel getting the countout victory on Kevin Owens, which was funny because the only reason Kevin Owens was counted out was overhearing Jimmy and Byron basically calling Ezekiel Elias, and he starts arguing with the announcers or the broadcasters, and then. <laughs> Next thing you know, the bell rings, and he then realizes, oh, shit, I just got counted out. And what was even better in the whole segment was Ezekiel teasing the possibility of him being in Money in the Bank. But more importantly, next week, he's saying Elias will be on the show. And I'm sure Elias will be on the show via, you know, backstage video. I was going to say, how how do we see this coming about? <laughs> Are we going to see bad ad lib or maybe possibly Ezekiel with a fake beard? Uh, I'm no, I don't know. Just bring the beard back, please. <laughs> well, you know, I keep saying if they have him grow his beard back, he'd just be a more mo- more buff macho man. I I think that could he could almost pull it off. The one one part of this match that made me squirm was Kevin Owens getting dumped onto the steps. That was a nasty, nasty oh, land. Yeah, that was the most talked about thing for Raw was how bad that landing was for Owens and Yeah. yeah. Luckily it looked like he was okay. He just He turned out okay, but he, that was He got his bell rung for sure. Yeah, that especially on the lower leg, the lower back. That's a pretty tender area. Yeah. Uh, MVP defeats Cedric Alexander in a match three, that three, made three minute match that made no <laughs> damn sense whatsoever. I no, I, mar- I marked this one down as not great. Yeah, scratching my coconut. I'm not sure what they were thinking. It must have been that or what's happening as they're listening to us saying, "Oh, all these little fans griping, not getting too many matches in the hours." They certainly got a number of them in this week. They they got them in this week, but the problem was they rushed the matches together. And I'm not saying I'm never a fan of matches equal to promos or matches over promos, but make sure you make sense out of it too. You know, don't just throw shit together and then throw it on air. It don't work that good. I'm not saying we can do any better creatively, but I would think for what they pay creative. Something could have came out much better than what we saw. I I don't think I would have gone with a match between Cedric and MVP. Based on the fact that they're moving in the direction of, you know, Cedric gaining momentum going out on his own, you would think they would push that a little more. Well, especially being the former Cruiserweight champion, he had the great showing in the Cruiserweight uh, tournament they had back on... uh, WWE Network a few years ago to crown the inaugural Cruiserweight Champion. I just... I'm just kind of bummed because Cedric's a good hand. I mean, there's no reason to have him look like crap all of a sudden. Yeah. And then AJ Styles versus Rollins. This was... This was a great match. It did look like AJ, unfortunately. They said 
messed up his his leg, but it looked more like he tweaked his knee. Well, and I think he did some of that back at the pay-per-view when he was teaming with Balor and Morgan. Yeah. And going I mean, against Judgment Day when he pretty much flew to the outside. Yeah, they they have their moments where, of course, they do the fake injury, but this was not a fake. No. You, when you saw the landing, his leg automatically kicked back. Yeah, you could see it buckle a little bit on him, and hopefully it's nothing too serious and he recovers quick. Uh, then we have yet another match that did no favors for poor Tommaso Ciampa, who just barely came up to the Raw roster. Right. Uh, you have Riddle defeat Tommaso Ciampa, and I'm just... Even I, though... I've got nothing on that match. It, it, even though it ended up with Riddle getting the victory, which, of course, they're building up for the next match that Riddle's going to have. Still, Tommaso Ciampa's looked absolutely amazing in the ring. Yeah. I just, I mean, one, you could see fans were not in it, but it it definitely didn't do anything for me sitting at home. I just, again, I felt like this was just, oh, we'll throw a quick match together. Here you go. Yeah. Then... We had yet another match followed by that, which also didn't really do much of anything either. Chad Cable getting the victory over Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali, who just recently was the contender for the United States Championship. Yeah, it kind of seems like there's a popular theme of dumping on your talent. Yeah, I don't know if it's still maybe getting punishment for speaking out against management or requesting his release, but... You can definitely tell something's not quite right. and Maybe I'm just speculating that as a fan. It was a good match, and Gable is great. He really yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, both both talent great. I just don't understand why we're not giving any kind of momentum to Mustafa yeah. when you just barely brought him back to the TV. I. Yeah, I'm very lost on this one. Mm, this match, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just label it. We're going to call it a bottle rocket. Yeah. Then, I guess you can call it the main event match of the night. Virmahan tapping Rey Mysterio out to the cervical clutch. I, nothing wrong with it. I just... I think that if you were going to make that the last match of the night, put it in the main event spot, or... I don't know. Maybe it didn't deserve main event spot, but it it made Veer Mahan look good as being a big... as the big guy, you know? Yeah, one thing they're doing really, really good with this storyline right now is the back and the forth with the momentum. Yeah. You've got the David Goliath thing going on. They're figuring out how to chop the giant down. Well, they're making it look realistic in comparison compared to, you know, like back in WCW when they had Rey Mysterio defeat Kevin Nash. I'm like, okay, that was just a little unrealistic, having that little of a guy defeat that big of a guy. But, no, they're doing Veer Mahan right here by... Having them pretty much strike the fear in everybody's hearts as they supposedly what they're trying to do. And then the very last thing, which I think we've already crapped on the pose off. 
I'm not going to add anything more to it because it was pointless. I felt like it was a dud segment. I get it. They're trying to push Lashley to go toward the go for the United States Championship, but I do have a feeling we're just going to have that title stay on theory for a little while longer. Yeah. And that would be the right move if you want to make him a look like a legitimate champion. Let's get on with NXT 2.0. The NXT Tag Team Championship opened the night. The Creed Brothers retaining against Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. Tiffany Stratton taking a loss in a rematch from the breakout women's breakout tournament. Fallon Henley gets her revenge on Tiffany. Then we have Wesley getting the second win streak. Well, second win streak. Back-to-back wins by defeating Zion Quinn. The Dyad. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. The Dyad. Defeating Javier Bernal and Dante Chin. I'm still trying to get over that name. Yeah. Then we have the NXT Championship match, which I find weirdly placed as the fifth match of the night. Ron Breaker makes a well, I guess not, maybe. but No, Bron- it was quick. Yeah, it was quick, but Braun Breaker gets victory over Duke Hudson. Then we have G- ah, Giovanni Vinci. Did I pronounce that right? Giovanni Vinci? Yes. Who makes his NXT 2.0 debut against Guru Raj. Then we have Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, Getting a victory over Stacks in the new two dimes. And if you're not following by when I say new two dimes, uh, last week it was reported the original two dimes had been released from WWE due to some kind of policy, which nobody has been made clear of what the policy was yet. And then on the last match of the night, we had Indy Hartwell, Cora Jade, and Roxanne Perez defeating toxic attraction um again nxt pretty consistent with being a solid show as of late between the three brands i almost want to say raw and well i would say rob definitely came in pretty much second smackdown smackdown was i I think the only thing that (laughs) exciting for smackdown was definitely the championship match yeah but the rest of it was a complete dud. Yeah, I would say NXT 2.0 pretty much have the slight victory over over Raw this week. Pardon me, I was kind of gasping for air there. Um, but yeah, let's do our quick takes. I thought the NXT Tag Team Championship pretty good match overall. Both teams gave it their all. It was a good match. Um, I mean, I think that's the best Inofe and Blade have yeah. performed in. Their entire NXT career. Yeah, this this match actually really spoke well for those two. Um, as far as the creeds, it really didn't lend to them other than what takes place backstage after the after the win. Yeah, the only thing that I would say was 
probably the downfall was it looked like the creeds were a little bit off in this match yeah it looked like they, they, were they had a off couple, of a hangover yeah they <laughs> they kind of had a, some sloppy moments which is weird because i've been praising the creeds for quite some time but yeah this one just kind of looked a little off for their match unfortunately it is what it is but they still managed to give a good showing for no fame blade um, small promo in the back with Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, Indy Hartwell. Nothing really much to it other than a cheesy story, from, in my opinion. Um, then we go on to Fallon Henley getting the victory over Tiffany Stratton, thanks to Wendy Chu. Yeah. And did you notice Wendy Chu bouncing on her ball? Yeah. During Tiffany Stratton's entrance? Yes. Uh lordy. Something to catch the eye, I guess, you know. But Wendy Chu throws confetti, comes back down to the ring right toward the end of the match and throws confetti toward Stratton and distracts Stratton enough to where Fallon Henley gets the roll-up win over Tiffany and getting her revenge from the NXT 2.0 Women's Breakout Tournament. Then we have a Cameron Grimes just walking around in the lounge area. You know, everybody's trying to give him sympathy for losing the North American title back to Cameron, or not Cameron, but Carmelo Hayes. And apparently it spiked something from a couple of other guys because he just didn't want the sympathy. After he passes Braun Breaker, then we see Duke Hudson pretty much stand up to Braun Breaker, you know, still gloating about his DQ win on Breaker from three weeks back, but. Ron Breaker says, hey, let's go again, and we'll put the title up on the line, and we find out later in the night that's what happened. Wesley gets his second straight victory over Zion Quinn. Yeah. Well, Wesley looked great. Yep, this was an excellent match. Uh, I have no complaints about it. It was extremely solid. Um, Not sure where they're going with Zion. Yeah, he, Zion's been kind of an inconsistent talent. Not not saying performance wise. Yeah, it, it's it, and it's not on Zion. They it just seems like creative's not sure what to do with the guy. Yeah, it's it's almost like what you see going on with Jinder Mahal. Yeah, I mean, you got a former world champion Jinder Mahal, and they're just really booking him poorly. They're not. Making him seem like he's a former world champion. <laughs> no, not at all. But Wesley looked really awesome. I didn't have any doubts really to begin with because he's always had a good look. And, you know, the unfortunate events with Nash Carter, you know, having to be terminated from WWE. I, I think Wesley's in good hands. He's a good talent. He definitely displayed that. These last months, no matter whether he was winning the match or losing the match, he just, I mean, the guy, I think, will be an impressive single stars. Eh, single stars. Single star, you know, he's just got to get that good story going for him. I'm sure we can see him any time in any of the single title pictures at some point. Yeah. Probably, good, probably be a good opponent for Carmelo Hayes if, 
Carmelo Hayes can keep that North American title a little longer. And really, we need to be patient for him to really find his singles character when really what he had going got ripped away from him abruptly. Yeah, I he yeah, I mean, he just pretty pretty much had shit luck is all I can say and it it happens. But I'm sure he will bounce back. He looks like he's getting better and better as he goes. And the dyad <laughs> didn't know what to think much of that. I wrote this down as a weird match. And it's just, it really didn't flow. It didn't make too much sense. Well, and it's hard to watch guys wrestle in robes. Yeah, it was a little, actually, creepy. Yeah, I... Not saying they... I mean, they did a good job wrestling in the robes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I just... You know what was throwing me off about the whole match? What's that? Was watching those two that were hooded and their tags. Yeah, like slow tags. It was a soft touch. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I... I just really didn't know what to think of this match. I don't think many people knew what to think of it. I mean, the promo Joe Gacy cut after that, it just... He does a good job being weird, don't get me wrong. But... Yeah, this match, I'm not sure. I don't have, I can't say it's the worst, and I can't say it was the best. Solid. I'm going to call it a 1 out of 10. And that's just because it lacked a lot of content. And a lot of context. Wow. I don't know if I went that low, but... I did. (laughs) Yeah, I would at least give it a five or a six, but not quite a one. I mean, if you can wrestle in robes, you, you're you doing a better job than most. I would have been more impressed if there was a slip moment when you actually got to place the ability with them. Right. But then we go to a backstage segment with Sangha, who's accompanied by Leon and Ferois, and... They see Zion Quinn coming right through the back after his his loss from Wesley, and I'm not sure what it was that Sangha said to him, but needless to say, I think we pretty much know who Sangha's next opponent is after he said it himself. So eventually we're going to see Sangha versus Zion Quinn down the road, and then we go to uh, Tony D'Angelo, Cutting a promo in the ring with the family, and yeah, he pretty much makes it look obvious that you know, I mean, stacks two times. He's taking very good care of him, but of course, he's going to treat Legato del Fantasma like crap. I mean, we saw this coming to begin with, but then we see Tony D. He's making a declaration that. He needs a title. He wants a title. And, of course, Carmelo Hayes comes out and interrupts the little promo segment. And Tony D'Angelo gets a little pissy with him and says, Hey, since you now gotten in my business, that North American title is going to be my business. 
And it sounds look the way it's looking. We're gonna see Tony D'Angelo, Carmelo Hayes, North American Championship at the Great American Bash. I think it'll be a good one. However, I'll make the prediction early with the way things are going with D'Angelo's family and Legato Del Fantasma. Yeah, I'm going. I I, I think it's pretty predictable. Hayes is gonna end up keeping the North American Championship for another month. Then uh, we see the NXT Championship match. Braun Breaker making short work of Duke Hudson. Not really much to the match. Yeah. I, that That's one I thought was maybe just a little too short. Could have been a little more competitive. but Given the talent that Duke Hudson is, they could have done a lot more with this. I know where they were going with, you know, Braun just decimating all as the dominant champion. But Yeah, I I, I think it kind of did a disservice to Duke Hudson's character. Yeah. And then right after the match, Cameron Grimes comes out and pretty much gives a very emotional lashing out to Braun Breaker family business, of course. But he's made it clear that at the Great American Bash, he wants a shot at that NXT championship and... That's what we're probably going to be looking at. I think that's going to be a killer match. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Cameron Grimes can really take it to the moon on that one. We'll see. Then we have uh, pretty much Von Wagner, Robert Stone, and I can't remember the damn gal's name. Nonetheless, pretty much we're going to have a rematch between Von Wagner and Briggs. Yes. We're going to... Where nobody else is allowed to be out. Yeah, we. which I'm calling bullshit. Someone's going to come out eventually. Oh, oh yeah, they're going to show up. Yeah, someone's going to make a distraction and cost somebody the match. It's going to be inevitable. But then we see uh, Giovanni Vinci making his debut, defeating Guru Raj. It kind of struck me a little odd watching camera pause shots that whole segment yeah coming to the ring but it was a good debut it was a great debut he i mean the guy he's got some mat skills there was no flaws in the ring with the guy yeah no he did excellent he for a debut that was if i was give that match a one to ten rating ten being best i'd say 9.5 i'd put it at nine yeah i mean I, I don't think a debut could have went any better than what he showed. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody really do that without having butterflies in their stomach or having a stumble here or there. Yeah. This guy just handled it. So, moving on. Moving on. Solo Sokoa is in the backstage getting interviewed and yet making another proposal to go for the North American Championship and of course Grayson Waller comes in and pretty much starts the typical bullshit with him. Yeah. And to some degree you kinda understand Grayson Waller's point. But you know, it's to the point now that Solo Sakua says, Okay, well you and I are gonna go have a match and Grayson Waller is trying to act like he didn't understand what Solo Sakoa was getting at and it was pretty clear. He pretty much said, you and me, we're going to have it out. 
And I can't remember if that's... Yeah, it's scheduled for next week on NXT 2.0. Then we have in the next match, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams uh, getting a victory over Stacks in two times thanks to a uh, little bit of help there from... Legato. Legato, you know. It was... I'm not sure if that was really meaning to be a mistake on the way Legato interfered. I mean, of course. Oops. Oops, but, you know. <laughs> no, it was a great match. I liked it. And the fact that you had Santos Escobar out in the out at ringside laughing his ass off, that made it even funnier, <laughs> you know. But... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that North American Championship match goes down. Who knows, maybe Tony D will be smart and tell Legato to stay in the back or something. I doubt it, but if he is smart, that's what I that's how I would go about it. And then we have Indy Hartwell, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez uh I don't know. Would you say that was a shocker victory over Toxic Attraction? I wouldn't say it was a shocker victory. I'd say it was kind of a late victory. But it was a little weird to see Indy Hartwell working with the other two. The only thing I felt weird, and I've noticed this the last few times I've watched Indy, when she goes to set up for a move, it's almost like she's, like, kind of trying too early to set it up. Like, you watch her try to throw a curl clothesline, she's already got her arm up, and the opponent's not even up ready to take it yet. Or, you know, when she throws them to the rope, she's ready to clobber them. It's like, slow down a little bit, Indy. Let's make this look a little more realistic here. But I felt the... Ending toward the match just kind of, I don't know, it didn't seem like the fans were into it much. No, they weren't. Um, I think they were possibly wanting to see more so Cora Jade scoring the victory if anybody out of the three were going to score it. Or at least to see Roxanne Perez score the victory on Mandy. Well, I think seeing Roxanne Perez score the victory was fine, but she did it after Cora Jade hit her finisher. Yeah. It was almost... That's, that's kind it of... Was, it was a little awkward, in my opinion. That's what I was getting at with... I think they would have rather have seen Cora Jade be the one to score that victory. Yeah, you would think if Cora Jade hit that last move, she would have been the one doing the pinfall. Yeah. Made no sense to tag in Roxanne and have her pin. Was it Dolan or G- yeah, it was Dolan. But I kind of wonder if Dolan was a little injured on something there because I don't know if you noticed, but Mandy and J.C. Jane were already yeah halfway out the exit and yeah. So and you really didn't get to see any more clips of G.G. No, I mean they pretty much cut it right there on production which tells me either they were running out of time or something something went a little longer than what it should have i think they actually ended it three minutes earlier than they typically do oh did they yeah yeah 
Yeah, something tells me timing was off somewhere on someone's part. It is what it is. Again, though, I think NXT 2.0, solid program compared to the three. I definitely would say it was... I would definitely say NXT 2.0 took the lead this week. But bravo to, you know, Raw for bringing it this week. Yeah. They brought the matches. Now let's see better content. Well, let's see them execute the matches a little better. Yeah. Don't just throw them in there... Because fans are saying we want more wrestling. Make sure the matches make sense. Back from our little break. We're just going to go right into the SmackDown results. Madcap Moss getting the victory over Happy Corbin in the last laugh match. The New Day of Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston get the victory over Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Raquel Rodriguez gets the victory over Shayna Baszler in a qualifier for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And then in the main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns defeats Riddle in what was Definitely one hell of an exciting match for the night. They're just, I don't know if they could have done that any better. Unfortunately, Riddle loses, but i there was a few moments where I thought he was going to win that. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to be a future champion. He's got the skill, he's got the talent, he's got the guns behind him, the chops, all of it. And no pun intended, because at first I wasn't really high on Riddle. But, you know, he's come around. He's, I, he didn't have a very long stint in NXT. He had that little brief run with Pete Dunn as the NXT Tag Team Champions. But, you know, moving on to the main roster, he had a short run with the U.S. title and had that little bit of, of a two-time reign as the Raw Tag Team Champions with Randy Orton. But I, I think they made a good call. I don't think it would have been wise to put the championship on him quite yet. Well, let me rephrase that. I went and put the WWE Universal, well, WWE Undisputed. Universal Championship. Yeah, whatever the hell they want to call it. I think they call it the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship where they combine it as one single title in a way they speak, but everybody knows where I'm getting at with it. That, nonetheless, getting back to the point, yeah, definitely, maybe just a little early to put it on Riddle right now. But uh, let's go over the program real quick um, before the SmackDown even did its normal opening segment. Vince McMahon comes out and pretty much just welcomes to the crowd to SmackDown, which was a little disappointing given the news that we received. And we'll get into that after we go over the rest of SmackDown. We go into uh, a little short promo with Riddle talking about his match coming up with Roman Reigns. Then the first match, Madcap, eh, Madcap Moss gets his victory over Happy Corbin in the last laugh match, which I think everybody saw where that was going. Yeah. It 
it was pretty much inevitable. Madcap Moss gets the victory, gets a 3-0 series win over Happy Corbin. It was a good match, but I found myself way more entertained with the back and forth between Corbin and Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. That definitely (laughs) made a great night right there just for the fans. But I know I keep saying but a lot. I'm sorry, folks. I will say, though, finally maybe we get Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin moving on separate ways, get away from this feud now. I mean, with Madcap having the 3-0 lead on Corbin, I think it's pretty much safe to say it's a done deal. I did think they placed the match in the right spot of the night, having it the opening match. Fans weren't, like, all popped up for it, but you could see they were a little more enthused with this being the first match than the other matches they've had in the past where it was placed in those cards. Then we move on to the Street Profits cutting a promo on... uh, Letting the Usos know, hey, they're coming for those tag team championships at Money in the Bank. Which, then we go into the next one, which Will brought up already. Happy Corbin tries to threaten Pat McAfee after Corbin lets McAfee know that he's very irritated with always being cut down by McAfee at the commentary booth. And, you know, Pat McAfee being the type of person he is, he's going to have his fun with it and gets the entire arena just laughing happy Corbin out of the building. And pretty much that's what happens. We then go on to the New Day getting a big victory over Jinder Mahal and Shanky. And the match just made me laugh because, you know, anything with Jinder and Shanky, you're not going to be able to take real serious unless they finally decide to go a whole different angle with them. We had Xavier Woods putting the uh, what's the word? I wouldn't say hypnotized, but putting Shanky in a trans with the whole playing of the trombone and making Shanky do dance moves. Just in, just enough where Jinder Mahal tags himself in and tries to get Shanky out of the ring, but Unfortunately, it's a trouble in paradise from Kofi, and Kofi gets the victory for the New Day. I uh, I like all four of these guys, but I don't know about the direction they're going with Jinder and Shanky. Uh, well, if you're gonna- I, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Shanky. Like, when he does actually put on wrestling moves, he does really good. Well, they just need to have Shanky move on on his own. Just quit waiting forever to do it, you know? Like it was it was like when they were teasing Damian Priest to go heel and they took their time with it. That's what they're kind of doing with Shanky here. Just, look, if you're going to try to get the guy go on his own, get away from Jinder Mahal's bullshit, then do it. Yeah. I, Don't keep pushing it. Just do it. Shanky has got to be the fastest moving uh, seven-footer I've ever seen. Oh, I dude, I think he's going to go places. He'll definitely show a lot better. I think he'll definitely be a better athlete than what we see out of something like the Great Kali. Yeah. Um, not quite sure I would say better than Omos, but 
Omos is just a damn giant, dude. I, however, I could see that match down the road, Omos and Shanky. Yes, sir. That would be a, that would be one hell of a battle of the giants right there. Yep. Not just the giants, the international giants. But the funny part is, if you put Shanky up against Omos, will Omos make Shanky even look little? Because I mean, look at when you compare Omos to Bobby Lashley. Yeah. He made Bobby Lashley look small, and Bobby Lashley is not small. Not by any means. No. I I, I want to see the match. I do. Yeah. But yeah. let's get a little more momentum behind both of them. Yeah. Well, start booking Jinder Mahal a little more prominent roles. Please. The guy who was a former WWE champion, let's make him... Seemed like he was a former WWE champion. Yeah, he's really not there to just collect a check. Well, unfortunately, that's what I think he's going to be doing if they don't do something different here shortly. And then we go right into a promo with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus where they were going to get a decision from WWE management as far as how their money in the bank ladder match qualifier went. And... Adam Pierce first says, Seamus, you're in, and Seamus gets overly excited, celebrates a little too much, and taunts Drew enough to where Drew kicks Seamus' ass out of the ring, and then Adam Pierce has to stop Drew and say, well, Drew, hang on, you didn't wait for my next sentence, because also in the Money in the Bank match is Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I we saw that one being... Yeah. The reality behind all this. I mean, that would be the only thing that would make sense if you have a double disqualification in a qualifier match from the week before. You know, I just... I think it would have been better off having them qualify in different matches where they weren't wrestling each other. Yeah, because now it's starting to feel like this is going to carry over into the money in the bank and just they're not going to go anywhere with those two. Oh, I think they'll go somewhere with them. I just I just don't think they went the right way with this at no. all. What I mean is what as far as the money in the bank. That's what it feels like is that neither one of them are really gonna be all that necessary in the match. It's gonna be them just being at each other, which has always been a storyline. It's always gonna be a storyline. You don't think Drew might be the one that wins that match? I hope so. I really do, but I don't think they're going to give it to him. Yeah, weird. I'm thinking Drew ends up winning this, but who knows? I mean, we're we're still about, what, three, two, three weeks away? I believe it's two weeks. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens here shortly. Um, Sami Zayn in the backstage hesitant to try to go into Rock, Roman Reigns' locker room, then... Kayla Braxton finds him. That uh, and pretty much just in a way kind of torments him in a way. Nothing real big out of that whole segment other than, you know. Do you think what do you think Roman or in the what or pretty much what do you think the bloodline's gonna say? And he's still in denial playing it up as he's still a special member of the Oos, but 
I don't think it's going to end up that way. I, I have a feeling, though, they'll finally tell him you were never a part of this faction. Get the hell out. And then, who knows? I think he there could be a chance he might end up reuni reuniting with Kevin Owens. And they might be the ones that take on the Usos for the Tag Team Championships. Assuming the Usos retain against the Street Profits, which I think they will. Uh, yeah, I don't see that happening until they finish this liar segment that they've got going with Kevin Owens. Uh, they've invested a lot into Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, so they're going to play that out first. Yeah. Raquel Rodriguez getting the victory over Shayna Baszler, which... This disappointed me. Yeah. All right. Like, it, how long was the match? Like, four or five minutes? Four or five minutes. I'm a little disappointed that it was Shayna Baszler that took the loss, for one. But yeah, she's been getting crapped on since day one. I, again, I, I feel Shayna Baszler should be in the running for for the championship, a singles championship. Not tag team championship, but singles championship. Yeah. She proved her dominance in NXT. She shows that she can handle the title well. I just, I'm frustrated with the fact that out of all of the women in the back next to Shotzi, I think Shayna is so underlooked as far as a talent based on her age as well. Not saying that she's old, but, you know, she's got the vet... She's in there, basically, on your average veteran years. Yeah. And... And she's still in pretty good shape. Yeah. She she, she can still kick ass. She, she's a beast. She's definitely a brawler. And I just don't understand why the ball has been dropped with pushing her. Yeah. I, I'm lost on that one. Then we have pretty much a no-show with Max Dupree. Y'all remember Dupree? <laughs> no. no. No? No. No. Uh, so maybe maybe Adam Pierce will get it right next week. Gunther comes on to another interview segment. Nothing much to me on that other than, you know, he establishes himself as going to be a more prominent intercontinental champion. And then in the main event, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I was trying to slow down on this one <laughs> on purpose. Roman Reigns gets the, the, well, Roman Reigns retains the title against Riddle, and it was one hell of a match. We already talked about it earlier. I I don't think they could have done anything different. No, this match was killer. It, uh, I I don't think there was any flaws with the match whatsoever. Yeah, and the, I, the right guy won. I like the fact that they didn't, you know, beat the ever-loving crap out of Riddle afterwards. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I think they tossed him out of the ring. Yeah, that's it. But here's here's the fun part, folks. And if you didn't watch SmackDown, boy, you missed it. The return of Brock Lesnar. Yep. Big welcome back to Brock. And 
in some ways I was almost saying this would be the right timing for Brock to come back, being that they were in, uh, if I can pronounce it, they were back in Minneapolis. Yeah. Brock's, one of Brock's big territories, you know, one of Brock's backyards. Yeah. And there it was. He came out and manipulated Roman into shaking his hand, but picks up Roman, gives him the F5, and then takes the Usos down both each with an F5 there as well. And I think we pretty much know we're... Glad to see him back. Yeah. Absolutely glad to see him back because I've never been more entertained by Brock than his most recent run. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing the difference you can feel from them when they're having fun. Compared to when they're just doing it for business. Yeah. And Brock did a damn good job here. Yeah, he's pretty much solidified in there. And what is it they call it out in the world? Tenure? Yeah. It's almost like that, where he doesn't have to worry about it being a freaking contract. Right. Well, anyways, and now just to kind of move on with um, what I mentioned in the pre-segment uh we got word that uh in the news that first uh vince mcmahon it was reported vince mcmahon and linda mcmahon sold one of their homes in connecticut and apparently things came to more light as other things got reported vince mcmahon ended up stepping down from his role as ceo of the World Wrestling Entertainment. And what's apparent to be... Uh, I can't remember. Was it a lawsuit? Yeah. That's brought up that there was some hush deal settlement being paid out to a former employee for an alleged affair that Vince McMahon was having with this former employee at the time she was employed. And then... Uh, not to be very insensitive, apparently the employee was also passed on to other members on staff. Um, so far, the only one reported was John Laurinaitis. I don't know exactly every, all the details. I'm not going to say for sure what happened. I mean, it's really a sad deal overall because of how much high respects I've had for Vince McMahon. A guy who took his father's well-known territory wrestling promotion, not to just a national level, but to a global enterprise. And that takes a lot of hard work. And now that the company is a publicly traded company, uh, I don't know, it doesn't look good for the former CEO of the company. No, it doesn't. What this strikes me as is something I've seen many, many, many times throughout all the different uh, types of work or places I've worked is this looks like a straight corporate takeover to move people out. Yeah. Um, And just in my experience in seeing things like this, any kind of shareholder that has their money invested in a company, especially one like this, they're they're going to want everything cleaned up and fast. And 
unfortunately, early in the year, right at shortly after the Royal Rumble, we saw the release of Shane McMahon two weeks ago. Stephanie saying she's going on hiatus, and then later we all found out she's no longer with WWE. I have a feeling the shareholders is pretty much going to pretty much say we're clean of the McMahons. I I have a feeling Vince McMahon will no longer with be be with WWE. I was hoping a little more out of Vince McMahon on SmackDown as it was reported Vince McMahon was going to come out to SmackDown and appear in front of the fans, but it was only just to greet the fans at SmackDown. And the way that whole greeting went, I think he wanted to say something, but he didn't. And it's, and it's probably in his best interest right now to keep quiet. Well, yeah. I To me, it just made no sense for him to go out. I, I will say that I really, really appreciated the reaction that we saw out of the fans. Yeah, I mean... They recognize what this man has accomplished. Yeah, they... They realized what Vince McMahon has meant to the industry, and you can't take that away from him. No matter how much, how what kind of mistakes he's made, away from our eyes, everybody makes mistakes, folks. Unfortunately, this one, if it's proven true, this was a really bad one, and I don't know. I like I said, I. Never worked for the company. I don't know what's happened. I'm not going to hold judgment toward the suspect victim. I'm more so just worried about the direction that WWE is going to go now. Right. And, I mean, we've already been kind of seeing its ups and downs. I would say we've probably seen more downs lately than the ups. But if we can get away from this mess, who knows? If Vince stays, you never know. But I'm not holding my breath on it. I think eventually the shareholders will say, you know, sorry Vince, but you're fired. Alrighty, let's get into some AEW for the week. Dynamite, the results. In the first match, hair versus hair, Chris Jericho gets the victory over the now Mr. Clean Ortiz. Wardlow. <laughs> uh, Jesus, whoever the thought of this match needs to be shot. Wardlow defeats 20 security guards, or what was known as the plaintiffs. Stupid little skit he'll... We'll talk about a little later. Will Ospreay defeats Dax Harwood. Very competitive match between those two. In one of the All-Atlantic Championship tournament matches, we see Miro making his return, getting the victory over Ethan Page. Tony Storm in a great victory over Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. The eight, and the main event for the AEW Tag Team Championships, which was a ladder match. 
the Young Bucks, now two-time champions, getting the victory over Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I thought, even though this was only a six-match card, I thought this night was very well done. It was. It definitely was. Uh, Jericho versus Ortiz. This this was a great match. Um, I'd like to see more of the focus that comes with Ortiz as a singles guy. Like he's he's a great match. He's a great fighter. I what? Yeah, I think in some ways I get where you're going, but I think where him and Santana have been with each other for so long, I don't know if being singles is really going to be any of their priority anytime soon. I think they just like being tag team partners. But part of what didn't make any sense to me in this match was Sammy interfering. Well, apparently it was just basically a Sammy reuniting with his old buddies, Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. Which is which I do find a little odd because Sammy was told to shut up and he walked away. Yeah, he was told to shut up. He walked away. Somehow Jericho must have talked some sense into him or something. But what I find weird is, is why would you bring Sammy back? Especially, and he just got married to Ty Conti. But then you got a talent like Daniel Garcia. I I see Daniel Garcia and Sammy pretty much on the almost similar style there. I, I'm a little confused. I think maybe now we got maybe just one too many members of the Jericho Appreciation Society, but later in the night we're going to find out there's even more to add to that group, and we'll talk about that once we get to that point. And then going on to the second match, which I... <laughs> Why? <laughs> I want ten minutes back of my life from this one. Wardlow defeats let me retract this. There was a skit with the 20-some-odd security guards trying to do a stupid little, I guess, small claims lawsuit like the People's Court. They hired smart Mark Sterling to be their lawyer. And it was supposed to be a, pretty much a 20-on-one match where it was a an elimination match, but... It didn't play like an elimination match. It really didn't make any sense. Pardon my language. It was a clusterfuck. I mean... I'll call out for what I see. It was a clusterfuck. He stacked them up. Fine. We expected that. But whenever has it been considered a pinfall victory when you pin somebody's back? No. Well, you notice the referee started counting, and he wasn't even touching the guy's back yet either. Yeah. I'm just like... This was poorly done. Not, yeah. It, it was kind of one of those, like, you know, not to take anything away from Dusty Rhodes because he was a good booker. This just seemed like it was kind of like an idea similar to the Shockmaster or some shit like that. It, it just... <laughs> I mean, the fans were popping for Wardlow no matter what, but, yeah, it... it 
let's just move on because this is giving me a headache. Will Osprey defeats Dax Hardwood, which I'll tell you what, Dax Hardwood looked damn good. Yeah, especially against a talent like Will Osprey. I mentioned to you I've watched Osprey and a lot of his New Japan matches, and the guy can go just about with anybody and anytime, anywhere, any style. He, they both took it to each other. Yeah, if it wasn't for the ladder match, this would have been my hands-down favorite. It's, they were just both so physical. Oh, I'm, I don't know, I, I kind of felt this was the match of the night. I, I think they stole the show. Dax Harwood, you know, isn't normally known for being the singles guy. No. Mostly the tag team, but, you know, after his showing in the Owen Hart Foundation match against his old partner, well, not his old partner, his current partner, Cash Wheeler, and then, you know, we watched him in this match. I mean, the guy is, is damn good. Will Ospreay... I can't ever say a bad thing about him. Like I said, I watched a lot of his New Japan stuff. He's always had a great match. I don't think I've ever seen him anything bad. I, uh, see, I see him out there just putting on those matches, like you said, great matches, and not doing a whole lot of talking. He just goes out there and he does it. Well, and this is the interesting thing. Um, I was listening to, I don't you well, you don't listen to it, but I do, because I'm Twitter friends with the guy. Uh, there's a there's a podcast out there called The Hill Truth, done by uh, at Hillbilly Hill, also known as Ted the Hillbilly Hill, on Twitter, and they talk about how back in the old days, you know, stories can be told in the ring, and this is exactly what happened. It didn't need the freaking 20 minute dialogue like you see in the other promotions but if they can tell the story in the ring that's what happened because in the post match we see best friends and come out try to help you know Dax Harwood getting attacked by uh, United Empire from the New Japan promotion and the numbers were just still too much until Orange Cassidy comes out and you see Will Osprey like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a weird match when it happens. Yeah. They, they, it was pretty much announced for Forbidden Door for the IWGP United States Championship. Will Osprey is going to defend it against Orange Cassidy. Which, like you said, it it's going to be an unorthodox match. But seeing how Orange Cassidy performs in the ring, I'm sure he can pull something off. Yeah. And then we see John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi try to have a segment in the ring. Of course, Jericho's got to stick his nose in there, which this one didn't really make sense to have them come out either to attack Moxley and Tanahashi because... It was announced there was going to be a trios tag with Jericho and two other New Japan members, it sounded like, against Eddie Kingston and 
two other members of New Japan. I'm just like, okay, this doesn't gel well here. This has nothing to do with what Moxley and Tanahashi are fighting for. The my off the grid on that one. No, you're not. It there's I use the word a lot. There's really no context there. Yeah, I It doesn't you, hold water. It's irrelevant. Yeah. It boggled my mind. Anywho, moving on. Tony Storm cuts a short promo with her match with Dr. Britt Baker coming up later in the night. Or, wait a minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I was looking at my notes wrong. Sorry, I got a little off <laughs> off the lines here. The next match, which was uh, for the All-Atlantic Championship Tournament, Miro making his TV return, defeating, or, yeah, defeating and making Ethan Page pretty much tap out. I thought Ethan did a great job trying to provoke Miro to kind of, I don't know, in a way, fall for some of Ethan's chicken shit tactics. You know, learn him outside the ring, trying to do the run around. But, unfortunately, we Miro kind of bounced back, gave Ethan Page the ass-whooping he needed, and gets the victory. Miro's going to move on to the semifinals in the tournament. I think Miro would also be a good choice to have as an inaugural All-Atlantic champion. Absolutely. Um, you know, as to your point, uh, chicken, chicken tactics, blah, 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 blah. You are not getting away from Miro. No. No. And that guy gets a hold of you, you're deep shit. But did you also notice Miro looks even more different than usual? Yeah, he's he's slimming he's, down and he's, he's getting more toned. Well, I mean, he was more toned when he made his first debut. Yeah. But he looks even better now. You can see the difference. He's, without it being more cut, he's almost got... A Kurt Henning physique. Yeah. But thicker. Yeah. I mean, that guy is damn near brute. Well, not damn near. He's pretty much a brute. I would not want to piss that guy off ever. Then we move on to Tony Storm, who gets the victory over Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Very great match between both women. I love Britt Baker pulling the possum trick on her. In a way, I almost kind of sensed that's what was going to happen. But I think she was, Dr. Britt did kind of make even some fans fall for it, too. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off. Tony Storm was able to get her offense back in. One, two, three. We see Thunder Rosa come out after the match, paying her respect to Tony Storm, letting her know, hey, I got respect for you. And. I think I'm ready to fin this title against you. Yeah. Which uh, I think that will be a good match down the road. This this was a great match. I loved every bit of it. It was fierce. Uh, both these ladies did an excellent job, and I love what they're doing with Tony Storm. In backstage, Stokely Hathaway is 
pretty much cutting a promo for Jade Cargill. Going to present an open challenge for Rampage. And out comes Willow Nightingale. And <laughs> yeah, that, this was kind of quite the interesting promo backstage. Nonetheless, uh, it sounds like we were going to get that match for Rampage. Willow Nightingale will challenge Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship Friday night. Then we move on to a segment where Hangman Adam Page comes out to the ring and says, you know, I made a mistake not realizing that Okada had a championship match, which I've already challenged him to at Forbidden Door. And unfortunately, plans changed as anybody who's been keeping up Switchblade Jay White ended up defeating Kachuta Okada for the IW, eh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Adam Cole comes out and pretty much mocks Hangman Adam Page and tells him, you know, hey, I got a friend here that wants to have a little chat with you. And then, of course, the behind attacks, Jay White gives pretty much Hangman Adam Page the sling blade. Let's Adam Page know, hey, you don't deserve this shot at this championship. Adam Cole sitting there pretty much pom-poming, say, hey, yeah, let's definitely make this an undisputed bullet club or undisputed elite bullet club main event. And <laughs> to, to his shock, Jay White tells Adam Cole, no. And then you see Adam Cole throw his fit. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to end up challenging for that championship at Forbidden Door. I'm sure somebody's going to eventually step up to the plate. I would love to see Hangman Adam Page. It would be nice to see Hangman Adam Page get a victory over Jay White for a change, too. Unfortunately, he's 0-2 against Jay White for right now. And in the main event, the AEW Tag Team Championship ladder match, the Young Bucks becoming the two-time AEW Tag Team Championships, or Champions, Championships, Jesus. They get the victory over Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and to much surprise, you know, well, not much surprise, it was a very good match overall. Great segments, everything spotted good. Um, the shocker, though, was post-match with Christian Cage turning on Jungle Boy, giving him the concerto to end the show, which... <sighs> you could... You... I mean... I think we were seeing this coming for a long time. We just didn't know when Christian Cage was going to hit it. Just when we thought, oh, this is where he's going to turn on him. This is where he's going to turn on him. He never did. And unfortunately, he waited until they lost the titles to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, it, there's been a similarity throughout Christian's career as to those moments where he turns, which... He's always played very, very well. Um, this was a crazy match. It was extremely physical. There was a lot of tables that lost their lives. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what? Luchasaurus went through... Two. Two? 
Yeah, two tables, at, at which point I wrote down on my notes, Dino down. Oh, shit. But I, I think this was the right timing for those titles to change hands. Right. It, don't get me wrong, they, they had a good run with them. They defended them. They were fighting champions. They actually were the ones that issued challenges to their challengers. Yes. You don't see that happen very often with any champion, but nonetheless give credit due to jungle boy and luchasaurus they brought some prestige to those tag team championships not saying that the teams before them didn't but they definitely made their run very legitimate yeah and there was a missing factor to this unfortunately we're not going to get to see it anytime soon which was the involvement of the Hardys in in the tag team division. Right, and as we talked about in the pre-segment, it was announced that Tony Khan had to make the unfortunate decision that Jeff Hardy be suspended from AEW until he completes a... Treatment program. Yeah, treatment program. I was going to say behavioral program, but that wouldn't have been right. Mm, but they, it, they technically call them behavioral is, programs. Do they still call them that? I yes. don't know if that was the the new thing or not, or if it was still old school. But yeah, until Jeff Hardy pretty much completes this program, I don't think we're going to see him back for a little while. But who knows? I mean, we had to see Sammy Guevara do it early on when... Uh, I can't remember what they called that time, but it was when uh, a lot of the sexual assault stories were coming out, and unfortunately, Sammy got tangled up in the mess with the statements he's made about Sasha Banks back in the day, and I'm not saying sammy wasn't wrong he was completely wrong in what he did say and i'm not defending in any way i'm no i'm gonna get heat for it but you know sammy's situations was a little different at least sasha banks called and talked to him about it you know and let him know hey you know Let's get this worked out and make sure we have an understanding. And that and that's one thing I will respect about Sasha was she was willing to talk to Sammy about it. Unfortunately, I think it was a fan that... Sometimes I think fans, if they dislike a wrestler too much, they kind of stick their nose where they really shouldn't. I'm not saying they shouldn't ever stick up for the the people being the victim. <clears throat> but yeah, that one that one was a little bit maybe just a little too overdone for Sammy. Yeah. However, Sammy bounced back from his treatment well, shouldn't say treatment, but from the program that he had to go and complete and you know, I think he's become a better person because of that. Um Sammy's not the only other one. I mean, we take a look at John Moxley. He had to exit for a while. Well, John Moxley took himself out. I yeah. mean, he saw the problem be- and recognized the problem and went straight to Tony Khan. 
Sammy, you know, went completed a treatment. Now we just hope that Jeff Hardy follows these same examples that these two other guys have done, and I hope he gets the help he needs, completes the program, and really want to see him stick it. <coughs> like, yeah, I just I want to see more stability, and I want to see this program stick for him. Right. I, w- I would like to see him come back and be the Jeff Hardy that we all know he can be. Yeah, he's had way too many run-ins with this kind of stuff. It, at some point, you got to change. Closing out this week's programming with Friday Rampage, John Moxley gets the victory over Dante Martin. Max Caster and the Gun Club, also known as the Ass Boys, defeating the team of Rough and Ed, consisting of the TBS Championship, Jade Cargill retains against Willow Nightingale, and in the main event, Darby Allen gets the victory over Bobby Fish. Um, wasn't bad hour of wrestling. No, it wasn't. Um, the only one I really wasn't all that impressed with was, you know, the Bear Country Ass Boys match. Yeah, well, there's. I I think it's pretty given. We're gonna have one dud match every night of Rampage, and that was it. It just. It's, but I'm loving the comedy with the claimed and the Gun Club teaming together. You know. <laughs> yeah, and it it just the match itself seemed like it wasn't very well focused. It seemed kind of all over the place. Yeah, and well, let's get right into it. John Moxley in a great match with Dante Martin. Yeah, this was a good, savage match. Dante did an excellent job. Yeah, Dante just keeps improving. When every time he wrestles as a single guy, yeah, you know, I, I have a feeling when his brother Darius comes back, they'll hopefully be able to kill it in the tag team division. I mean, it's just. Unfortunate shit luck. Darius keeps having problems, you know, like injury-wise, nothing else. But nonetheless, Dante, just he amazes me every time he gets in that ring just by himself. He definitely could make a good run, I think, for the TNT Championship at some point. Yeah. If he was to stay as a single guy. As far as the AEW championship, I think we need a few more years out of the kid. I mean, he's still super young and has a lot of career ahead of him still, as long as he stays healthy and injury-free. Yeah, yeah, just let's do the classic build-up rather than too early of a run. Right. And, of course, we see the promo, which I think we all were eventually going to see. We had... uh, (laughs) We had uh, Keith Lee getting a little upset with Swerve Strickland there, telling him he better explain himself before he whips his ass. And, of course, Team Taz comes out, has to mock them for not being a cohesive unit and all that. I think we might see yet another match, but who knows, we might see the Swerve here where maybe Keith Lee joins Team Taz. Don't know. That would would be an interesting moment if to see... 
two big men like Will Hobbs, Keith Lee being on the same team and destroying pretty much the AEW roster. I think that would make a killer tag team championship there too. It would. I'm just not sure the styles really match. No, I mean, Keith Lee likes to be on his own and do his own thing, but you never know. Then, you know, as we both already said, the dud match of the night, Max Caster, Gun Club, defeating Ruffin It. Just nothing really to the match. It, I don't have anything for it, do you? No, I I don't. I, I want to see more, uh, more stable consistency out of the ass boys before they get pushed further well i i watched them on jericho cruise and i they do good in the ring i just think we need to get something a little more better lined up for them i i mean they the whole reason they're getting the ass boys is because of dan Housen. he's the one that actually started that on the jericho cruise yeah and it went viral after that so who knows? Maybe we'll see Dan Housen be involved with them at some point. Hmm. Then, and, uh, actually, what was a decent match for the TBS Championship? Jade Cargill, again, retaining against Willow Nightingale. I thought Willow performed really well. Yeah, she did a really good job. This this was a good match. Uh, Willow Nightingale is getting better. Yeah, I mean, she's was on quite a good streak there for a while on dark and this was a good way to reward her i think and unfortunately she comes up short but you know the attack on willow nightingale from kiara hogan and jade cargill post-match didn't seem to make sense of course you know we were going to see somebody come out for the rescue we end up seeing both athena and chris statlander (laughs) and I love the way Chris Tallinger came out and just bop, bop, <laughs> gives it to Stokely Hathaway. <laughs> they, they call it a brain duster. Oh, God. It was a running brain it was, duster. It was just perfect. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop laughing because, you know, it's just something you would do to your best friend when they're acting up, you know? Uh, yeah. Boom. Again, Chris Tatlander, probably my odds-on favorite at the moment. And I don't know. I... Just, that's my own personal. Yeah. I think I would rather see Statlander go for the women's championship. Absolutely. I I think we might possibly see uh, Athena. And I actually, this isn't my own thought. I actually listened again on the, the Hill Truth with Ted the Hillbilly Hill at Hillbilly Hill on Twitter, one of his podcast segments he did with uh, Midwest Marks, which is a group that does a podcast all mainly about AEW and the women's division, and they all pretty much were unanimous thinking that Athena is going to be the one that's be sent up to dethrone Jade as the TBS champion. At, at this point, it's more than likely the case and who knows it, it could happen it i don't think there would be anybody better than athena or chris statlander yeah i mean Britt baker of course is always going to be in the picture as she should be she's been a wonderful talent 
but she doesn't need to go over anymore. No, but I think is is a great of a title run she had with the AEW Women's Championship. I don't know if having her go toward the TBS Championship would be the way to go, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, I think she definitely should get a rematch for the AEW Women's Championship at some point. Yeah. But I think right now it's just maybe a little too early. Who knows? I, In my opinion, I think there should be at least, you know, one or two more uh, individual titles for the women. Well, I, I, at some point, maybe the Women's Tag Team Championship. Yeah. But I don't know if. I don't know if I would go two more titles, probably one at most, if they keep continuing to grow the roster. But with the Ring of Honor going to be coming up here shortly, if you're combining the two rosters, who knows? That could be a thing, too. Yep. And then in the main event, uh, Darby Allen gets the victory over Bobby Fish, which was pretty interesting. This went down different than i thought it would i mean we knew it was going to be a wicked match we got exactly that it was a wicked match um the thing that really really surprised me and impressed me was that pin yeah that, that was almost like a scorpion death lock freaking roll up i can't remember what the hell they called it they gave it a name but yeah i mean it was a good way to counter and he got the victory and of course it was not expected to see what we saw post-match. Sting! You know, <laughs> we obviously see Kyle O'Reilly coming down with the chair and trying to rock out with the chair, and lights go out, and Sting appears, and... Implants a bat in the crotch of O'Reilly. Oh, I'll say it this week, because, you know, this was the feedback I got last week, because someone said this was the highlight that I was afraid to say it, but... Yeah, Sting gave it to Kyle O'Reilly right in the balls. You're welcome there, Carlos. Yeah, you know who you who you are. I'm sure he's getting a laugh out of this right now. But yeah, Sting gives him a nice shot in the balls. And then but, kicks the bat to yeah, top it off. Yeah. <laughs> give it give it one more feel right there in the little jewels there. But then we see Darby doing a similar attack to Bobby Fish, trying to take his leg out with the chair and everything. And pretty much that's the way the night ended. Sent the phone fans, ugh. sent the fans home happy. And yeah, kudos to AEW this week. Just like pretty much every week they've had since their growth and more popularity, they're holding it down quite well. Well, and they're running exactly the way they said they were. They were making this a pro wrestling organization. That's what they've done. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got asked earlier in the week which I was a fan of more between WWE and AEW. And I mean, it. it's like what I'll tell everybody. I don't have a preference because they're two different companies. AEW is known as a pro wrestling company. WWE ran off as a sports entertainment company. You can't really compare. It's like comparing apples and oranges. You're running two different products. I mean, yeah, WWE has a little bit of pro wrestling in it. Yeah, AEW has a little bit of sports entertainment in it. 
But we're not really having that discussion because what we do as fans of pro wrestling is we are giving our thoughts and our opinions to great matches, no matter what the company is. Right. And I don't, and I really mean this genuinely, I don't, genuinely, I can talk. But, yeah, I'm a fan of all product. I'm not a fan of just AEW, a fan of just WWE, a fan of just New Japan, Impact, NWA. I like it all. I mean, you watched me when we were younger watch all these promotions. Yep. I got you into it slowly when we were younger. And anytime I saw any form of wrestling, whether it was WWE, Glow, World Class Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling, USWA, all that stuff, you know, I was, my eyes were glued to the TV because I loved wrestling. And... Did you forget the AWA in that? Uh, I'm sure I did. <laughs> I mean, AWA. I mean, I watched a lot of promotions back then. I'm sure a lot of our listeners who are pretty much in the same age range know all these promotions I'm talking about. I I just wish I had access to more, and hopefully I will here soon, because I'm actually looking at another streaming service called MV Streams. They're based out of Nevada, Las Vegas area. So, we'll see if their content has what I need, and if they are, man, I might be making a good switch here, but we'll find out. Anywho, that wraps it up for the AEW Rampage in the weekly programming, we'll be back here shortly. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Wrestling Fans Insight. Want to just give a big shout out to Lipson.com for hosting our podcast. Also want to say thank you to Pixabee.com for allowing us to donate money to their site to let us download some music for our intro or commercial and exit segments. But also want to give a thanks to Coma Media, Light Saturation, and Gvidden for letting us use their songs for our podcast. Also want to let you know you can interact with us on Facebook on our group's page, The Fans of Pro Wrestling. You can also find us, well, find me on Twitter at John, J-O-H-N, W-F, Insight, I-N-C-I-T-E, spelled just like the show. I do more than just talk about wrestling on there. I also talk other nonsense and like to have lots of fun. I like to throw out some questions here and there, whether it be wrestling or something food related. Who knows? I might pop up a weird question here and there, but I've been loving the interaction I've got this week. Apparently, I found out that there's no such thing as boneless buffalo wings. It's either wings or chicken bites or chicken nuggets or processed chicken chunks. Okay. Thank you to everybody for educating me on that. Especially on the tacos. Apparently there's no such thing as a hard shell taco. Well, authentic hard shell taco. Well, no, no. Authentic is 
pretty much the soft corn tortilla. Oh, well, thanks a lot for being there for me. Hey. <laughs> you know. No, I've actually really enjoyed the interactions, never took anything serious. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to answer my silly questions. I just love to see everybody out there. You can also give us a little bit of a shout-out on our voicemail at area code 385-367-4772. Who knows if you leave us a really nice voicemail, it might get played on the air here. Also, there's also thousands of other wrestling podcasts. Please feel free to give them a listen. Uh, a couple I've mentioned today, The Hill Truth, done by the great, done by the great Ted, the Hillbilly Hill. You can reach him on Twitter at Hillbilly Hill. He's also got the number one podcast in Antarctica. It's been critically acclaimed and all that, so give that guy a listen, will you please? Also, go visit Augusto Elite. He does quite a few good reviews on AEW. You can also catch the Midwest Marks podcast. They're also kind of exclusive to just doing content and reviews on AEW's product. Other than that, you got anything else, Will? No, I do not. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. We'll get back on here for another recording next week, and we will catch you folks later. Later.